0: Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. I'm your host, Dr. Russell Thackeray. This podcast is a result of my fascination with health issues, resilience, performance, mental health, accountability, and critical thinking, along with many of the other obsessions I bump into in my life. I spend my time working with highly successful teams, organizations, and people, and this podcast introduces their remarkable stories, as well as my synthesis of the key issues, tips, and strategies to thrive in life. If you find this podcast useful, you can also find other information at qedod.com or russellthackeray.com. Stay tuned to the end for details of how to order a free ebook. Enjoy the podcast. So hi everybody, something a little bit different today, a little bit more lighthearted, a little less sort of serious, but hopefully with a few useful things for you. I thought it'd be a good idea just to help um, pop together some ideas about how to cope with Christmas and uh, perhaps get a sort of steal on 2019 by thinking a bit more or a bit differently about your resolutions and all the pressure that comes with this sort of period of time. And um, again, as I say, it's going to be a nice short podcast with a few sort of techniques and some bits and pieces for you. So the first thing to think about Christmas is that um, for a lot of people... Um, Christmas is the most important point of the year. It's it's sort of symbolic. It means something. Maybe they're very religious, and it's, then there's something really special and magical about Christmas. And I think the first thing to say about the whole period is that it's one of where mixed expectations can come to rest. So if you've not discussed, you know, what you're expecting in terms of presents, whether you're buying for a family or one person in the family, if you've if you've had a budget and not had a budget, would you be disappointed if you got one small thing that was very thoughtful but worth a tenner? versus, you know, a hundred things which aren't thoughtful but, you know, you know, cost a lot of money. This idea of expectations is really, really important. If you're having people over for Sunday lunch, are you expecting to give them the perfect time? Or if you're having family, you haven't seen them for a while, are you expecting that it's going to be difficult? Or are you expecting that it's going to be a breeze? Or, you know, what is it? What What is in your head as you approach this uh, festive season? Because one thing's for sure – Whatever expectations you have, how much work therefore you have created for yourself to the point of being overwhelmed is the ex- is the extent to which you're going to have a series of pressure points. And as we know that pressure is sort of something that's in your head really, That actually the degree of pressure you're experiencing. And then often from that the consequent stress is the thing that's actually going to make your Christmas and this period of time enjoyable or not. So let's think about that. So there's a couple of things to bear in mind. If you've got children, have you managed their expectations about what you know is going to be under the tree this year, or what they're going to be getting or not getting? If you're on your own this Christmas, have you managed people's expectations that actually you're either happy with that or you're not, and you want some help or whatever that might be? Um, One of the things that's really lovely at Christmas is to have time to be able to help somebody else other than yourselves. And a lot of people say this that actually it's a really interesting time of the year that. You know, giving something to somebody that has nothing is very symbolic and actually giving your time sometimes to people like Christ of the Christmas or any of the other sorts of charities is a very fulfilling thing to do. Now, if you've not got time for that, but you want to do it, you've just simply not allowed time, you know, time in your schedule to think about that. And so there's, there's still time, whatever time it is, to be able to affect your Christmas in a positive sort of way. I mean, everyone talks about this idea of planning ahead. In fact, I was listening to an article this morning that said you can cook your entire Sunday, the entire Christmas dinner, I should say, the day before, so that the time you spend on Christmas Day is only one hour of cooking because everything else has been pre-prepared and is microwavable or is cookable in an hour or something, in one pan. So that's quite an impressive thing. And I think actually people go all out on Christmas Day and have, um, you know, three types of meat, 18 types of vegetable, hundreds of different types of puddings and such like, and, you know, really, why? I think, you know, one of the things we've got to recognise in this age of sort of want and austerity and, you know, general
1: miserableness,
0: and certainly in the UK at the moment a little bit, is that actually we don't need to go mad all the time. It seems mad to me, for example, that people get themselves into debt at Christmas. It seems mad to me that... Um, you'll be eating in such a way that it means that you have to spend the next three months getting rid of those pants. Now, don't get me wrong, there's nothing like a bit of a Christmas blowout, you know, a bit of relaxation slumped in front of the television, you know, watching something good on TV or Netflix or your other um, streaming cho- um, provider of choice. You know, there's nothing the matter with that, but just, you know, there's some sort of important things to bear in mind. And I think one of the things to think about is this idea that we should be a little bit more mindful I know people are rolling their eyes at this point, but there's nothing there's nothing more powerful than actually enjoying stuff as it's going on. In fact, even the brain writes experiences more um, in more depth. When you're actually spending time enjoying the current time. And if you've got to Christmas Day and you've got some people coming and you're so busy running around like a mad thing, putting yourself under pressure, just stressing yourself out, ah, ready for a row, having a row, um, wondering then about, you know, as everyone leaves, about whether they still hate, hate you, what's going to happen next year, you end up in that sort of mindset where you've never actually noticed the good things which are going on and manage the things or the problems that might be standing in front of you. And so it's interesting to make sure that whatever you're doing over Christmas, do it mindfully. If you're going to be drinking a bottle of wine, why not do it mindfully and really enjoy it? When you're eating your Christmas lunch, why not slow down and eat it mindfully? Maybe rather, rather than you know sitting stuffing your face, um, which is what I'll be doing in front of a television, although actually I won't be in front of the television this year, but rather than doing that, why not sit at the table and eat mindfully? You'll find you um, get more from your food, and you get more from your drink, but you also get more from the company of people around you. So it's that thing about um, making sure that you really enjoy what you're eating. If you're going to eating some, lovely, some, eating some lovely chocolates or a Christmas pudding, which is not something we have perhaps every day, why don't you just really revel in them and thoroughly enjoy them? When you're cooking, and you know if you enjoy cooking, then why don't you just really take your time, allow yourself an, an extra hour, and, and, and appreciate the time that you're spending both for yourself and for the, for the guests that you're having. All these pressure points are points where overwhelm or expectation come to bear. And really, planning allows you to know what these pressure points might be in advance and actually have a plan to deal with them. But also, when you reach them, to be more aware of what's going on, so you're more in control of yourself. And, you know, it's one of the classic things. If you're mindful, you know what's going on. And the next thing you need to think about for Christmas, perhaps, is that... um, you need to spend some time for yourself, and whoever you are, whether you're the person that's the sort of caregiver or you know the cooker cooker or the present wrapper or whoever it might be, you do need to have some time for yourself. We can actually end up in this situation where we don't look after ourselves at Christmas, and so particularly in the run up to christmas we've been often very busy and trying to get everything done at work, and then we have this Christmas holiday and then we're immediately ill because we've done that thing where the stress of getting ready for Christmas is wiped out our biome a little bit, some of the positive gut bacteria, and then we end up with a sort of stress-based cold or a bit of flu or something. And so make sure that you are spending time for yourself and making sure that you, whilst you're enjoying any sort of form of indulgence and doing it mindfully, that you're also getting stuff that's good for you, perhaps up your micronutrients or vitamins over this period of time, just so you're getting some positive food inside of yourself. I know myself, I tend to, once I get on a downward spiral and and naughty food, then I tend to um, thoroughly enjoy myself. But I always think it's good to start the day with a really healthy smoothie or something, just so you set yourself up. And also make sure you get some exercise, because it is important that over this Christmas period you get some exercise, you do move around. And if you can wrap exercise into play, then so much better. There's no doubt that if you've got kids or animals, that they'll be playing in boxes. Um, rather than those expensive toys you bought which got you into debt um, they'll be playing in the boxes so why not have more time for play and so that sort of mindful having time for yourself then mindfully having time for your family you know acting as your mother, father, cousin, sister, auntie, brother whatever that role might be enjoy it and you know thoroughly revel in it and if you're a grandparent as well and thoroughly enjoy the time you're going to spend because, really, Christmas is a bit like Valentine's Day and birthdays. It's one day where you spend time being mindful about the people around you as well as yourself. And um, we sort of lose the symbolism of the mindfulness because, of course, what we've ended up doing is focusing on stuff and presents and such like. And so make sure that you have time for yourself, time for your kids and family. Um, also time for your guests. So if you're having guests, make sure you actually give them some attention rather than being stressed and running around the place. There's... Um, it's often the time where over this period where we're travelling to meet families. Often there's a journey to, you know, get involved with. Often there's a, you know, there's this thing where we're sometimes staying with families. But make sure you spend the time thinking about and enjoying the time you have together. Now, if you're not, if you're not going to enjoy the time, you've already set yourself up for a failure. Then that's a problem. Perhaps you readjust your mindset. But you also have to make sure that you are going to spend time being a good guest and being accommodating and prepared to help and look in, but also being a good host as well in the sense of spending some quality time. People are usually come to see you, not just to unwrap a present and to ooh and ah at it. Of course, if you've got small children around the place, um, the focus is usually helpfully um, taken by those people. But Christmas is not the time to air family grievances. You either do them beforehand, manage people's expectations, or you do them afterwards in some sort of review. But, you know, save your drama from a, for another day. There's enough going on already. And, um, and if you're a married couple you've got guests and you've got children, all that sort of stuff, make sure you spend a little bit of time together. Make sure you spend a little bit of time on your own relationship. Now, if you're on your own, that might be the relationship you have with your parents and maybe you're not seeing them and maybe you need to make a phone call or have a Skype conversation or even just send a text or a WhatsApp. All the channels are there. But if you're a partnership, you know, if you, you and your significant other are together and you've got a day together, make sure you tackle this day shoulder to shoulder, head on as a team make sure that you're facing these challenges and playing to your strengths so this now is not the time to be setting um say a very detail focused person a highly complex job that's the wrong day for it you know it's not the time to be saying well actually i prefer to work on my own let's share all the tasks it just it's not the best use of the time if you're a couple face it as a team play to your strengths if one of you's good at one thing do that thing if you're the ones best at something else do that thing the one that normally cooks let them cook if you're asking someone who never normally cooks to cook the Christmas dinner, it's going to be a, you know, a nightmare for everybody. Unless, of course, that's your thing. If you like swapping around, then that's absolutely okay. But on the hope, especially if you've got a, a big family or a big group, play to your strengths. And playing to your strengths is a sign of good self ent- self-esteem, so make sure you're you know around that. Now, of course, some people um, like to get away at Christmas. And, of course, remember that travel has all sorts of benefits for resilience, both the, the perspective side, the, the mindful side of travelling and all the hoo-ha that can go with that. I mean, see each delay as a possibility to learn how to manage your control mechanisms. I know that sounds very worthy, but it's a good point, isn't it? If you're going to be in an airport waiting because someone's, you know, there's the traffic or the weather or someone's inconveniently flying a drone around, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. And you need to figure out what you're going to control and how you're going to manage yourself through that period. And also, one of the top tips that someone told me once, and um, I actually think is a is a great tip, is to read a lot of fiction over the um, New Year, uh, over the Christmas period. And you might want to do more worthy stuff of the New Year period, but fiction is a good time for the festive season because actually it really allows your brain to be absorbed into a thrilling story and such like. And for some people, this whole period is a time where. They can stop, they can rest, they can refresh, they can renew. And for some people, um, they take this period, actually, because nobody else is working, to sort of get ahead, to become more competitive and to work harder. If that's your thing, fill your boots, but make sure you do get a chance to rest and renew and repair. I mean, even accountants who have this annual surprise of the year, sort of year end you know, need to spend that time over Christmas holidays. I think the only people who um, are really busy at Christmas, you know, purposefully, or sort of entertainer, entertainments, Um, entertainers I should say and sports people for the rest of us it's a choice how we tackle that and then as we come into the new year we get into this situation of this whole potentially stressful or pressure point of new year's resolutions now new year's resolutions on an average fail almost almost as soon as they're set and so it does make me wonder why we bother but it is a good it is a good point at the turn of the year to be able to to sit back and reflect on what's worked this year and celebrate some of the successes of the year, and to build on what's worked well this year. And often we spend a lot of time thinking what didn't work so well and what we would do better. But sometimes we need to think about what did work well, uh, what was good about our lives this year, and how we're going to build on those things. Because success, happiness, potential comes from what we do best, not from what we do worst. So it's sometimes worth sitting down and getting a piece of paper and just writing down you know, those sorts of three things. What went, what went on last year? What was great? What am I going to do more of? And then also what went on last year, what could be better and what am I going to change rolling forward? What were my stresses? What were my failures? What were the things that um, I really want to do differently? And also for those of you who like to have a sort of a career plan, it's always good to get your long term goals out and um, have a look at how you're getting on. You know, blow the dust off once a year. And I almost am a great believer for those of you in relationships who've got what I describe as a happy ever after contract. You know, sort of a deal with your partner about how you live together, how you work together, how you communicate, how you have, um, you know, asper- mutual aspirations. It's a good point to sit back and review and enjoy and revel in the fact that you know the, that you're together, you're you are where you are, and that actually you know there's a time to move forward together. Because often this is a time when people realise they shouldn't be together anymore. And, you know, there's a real incidence of divorce, job change, and such like in January, because it's that point of renewal. So actually, if you've got something that's longer, a longer-term thing, overarching your life and your career, uh, then, you know, this helps put any sort of short-term difficulties in perspective. So the key, for example, is not to just have things you're going to give up. If you're just going to give up wine for three, three weeks, you know, giving up a single behaviour rarely helps. And so actually, most people know that. They need to set some form of goal. And that goal needs to be split into an outcome and a process goal. So you might say, in the end of the year, I'm going to be 30% more fit. I'm going to be 25% more um, active. Or you know, I'm going to, by the end of the year, I'm going to have achieved um, a thousand miles of travel, whatever it might be. But they're very much focused on the output of the year that you want to have. And then you might have some sort of process goals. You know, within three months, I'm going to have done this. For three months, I'm going to have done that. Be more specific about the actions you're going to take um so rather than just fixing a behavior create a goal and then have a plan now often people use this mnemonic of smart goals and i'm not a fan um i have to say so as you're beginning to roll your eyes around smart goals i quite like this idea that brendan burshardt came out with which are dumb goals d-u-m-b now i know it's a bit of a tortured metaphor because actually he's just tried to make it opposite smart but these are if this is this idea that you should be looking forward and that your aspirations should be dream driven that's the D this idea that actually you, you put aside something tangible and you say to yourself you know what are my dreams what am I really you know um, if, if if nothing was an object if money was an object whatever it is what it would be what could I do could I dream that you know I could be working in the Caribbean in the next three or five six twenty years whatever it might be for example or living in Hawaii or Sorry, maybe these are my things, but uh, do you know what I mean? You're you're these ideas of dreams. Because we all know the difference between a dream and a goal is a plan. So actually, you can easily wrap a plan around a dream. And I think it's interesting because it takes the top off for it, you know, it releases your aspirations to be a bit more creative around this idea. And then the idea of you as being uplifting is that something from which you find a natural motivation. So as you begin to talk about these dreams, you'll recognise the ones which are fantasies. In other words, which which are just which are just sort of you know wild ideas. And you notice the ones in your body and in your mind that spark your enthusiasm, and imagination. These are things that you are uplifting. You think actually, maybe I could do something with this dream. And then. M stands for methods, and I mean, this is where the um, analogy gets a bit tortured because methods actually means habits or strengths. So really this is this thing where you're saying to yourself, how do my dream, how does this motivation, and this is upli- sense of it being uplifted, how does this fit in with this idea that my natural habits would allow me to get there? Now if you've got a dream that goes against your natural habits, so let's say you've got a dream to be, um, I don't know, um, something that envi- um, you know, needs a huge amount of work, but actually your habit is not to do any work then that might be more of a fantasy. Or you have to change your workload, of course. But what you're thinking about are what are my natural habits? What are my top strengths? What are the sorts of rhythms around which I work or live my life? What are the sort of key sort of areas in terms of uplifting, in terms of my desires and dreams to help each other for other people, for example? Um, but if, if you never normally help each other, so your method goes against that, you're going to have to think about that method. And then B stands for behaviours. So it's actually about sets, linking things together and saying, what are, my, what are going to be the triggers for my new behaviours to reinforce these habits that creates this uplifting sense to create my dreams? And, you know, what are those triggers? And then, and then when I've you know, exhibited those behaviours, then what are the rewards I'm going to have? And those rewards can come from feeling good. There could be physical rewards. There could be rewards that you have um, thought about in advance and planned as part of your out you know your process goals so i like the idea of dumb goals because i'm i'm bored of smart goals and you know what being different every now and then isn't a bad thing so look it's the end of 2018 i'd like to wish any listener um to this podcast you know all the best for the festive season you know looking forward to obviously spending time with you Across the course of 2019, we've got some exciting shows planned. In fact, we have some new shows planned. So hopefully you'll um, join me in those things. Some, something quite creative is coming out within the next three or four months. And linking um, together some of my other passions in life and dreams that I've got, which are uplifting. And play to my natural strengths. And um, you know, I'm changing some of the ways i worked in order to get me there. So I'm using this dumb methodology myself. Um, and So um, you're always welcome to go to our site, qedod.com forward slash podcast to look at more podcasts, or if you want to have a look at how to contact us, you can click on the contact button. And of course, if you want to uh, join in, subscribe to iTunes or give us a review, that's very, very welcome. That would be delightful if you wouldn't mind. And um, again, if you want to go on the site and um, click on qedod.com forward slash free ebook, you will get yourself your hands on the um, existing Resilience Unraveled Book which will be changed and amended this year. So, those of you who have got it, there'll be a new one coming during 2019, and those of you who haven't got it, well, why not grab it while it still lasts? And next year, we'll be doing sorts of all sorts of online courses and masterminds, it's going to be great, it's going to be fantastic. So, have a great time, all of you. Have a mindful and purposeful Christmas period, festive period, and all the best for the new year. Take care.